When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy we are here today to go through every single driver's performances at the Brazilian Grand Prix uh, from one all the way to ten and maybe zero if they do terribly is it one to ten or is it zero to ten Tommy I I think we've given a zero Uh, pretty sure we have Uh, there has been some drivers washed enough performances to warrant a zero so basically we're just stinking liars calling it uh, F1 to ten really aren't we yeah, we, we just make things up as we go along. Now, before we dive into this, we did read some of your comments uh, from the previous one. And fair enough, we put our hands up. Maybe some things were a little bit too savage. Some things we should have maybe researched a little bit more. So we have put in place more research and more beautiful opinions ready for you with factual evidence to go alongside it. Uh, so, yeah. Just wanted to say that, and uh, we now speak about a five-star review, because if you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know why you love this podcast. This one comes in from Hamilton Fan 44 from the United Kingdom. This podcast is great. Thumbs up emoji. It's a great way to catch up with F1 news. I love listening to wild predictions, reactions, and driver ratings from one to ten. We just discussed that, and maybe it was zero. When I'm bored, I know exactly what to do. Listen to the best podcast in F1 history. This podcast is my key way to beat my dad with my will knowledge. Oh, wow. I tried to watch Racist Live, but if not, I just listened to this awesome podcast. Amazing. You're actually using our opinions and our will knowledge against your own father. Fair play. Love it. Love the reviews. Keep them coming. Please do. Right, let's start where we always start. Home. Logan Sargent. Logie Bear. He started the sprint in 20th, finished 20th, started the race in 19th, finished 11th. I have gone for a 6 out of 10 for Logan Sargent this weekend. Of course, we, we, we have difficulties now because we don't have sprint weekends every single weekend. So how much... Lean, you know, how much do you lean towards a sprint? Well, you know, starting 20th and finishing 20th, you have to kind of take into account. But his race was was pretty good. Um, he wasn't too slow. He had a very unique strategy of medium and then three soft stints. Uh, Williams were like, no, we are not touching the medium tyres and we're definitely not touching the hards. Although they did touch the hards to begin with and then changed the softs after the red flag. Um he was, you know, we, we thought at one point, Tommy, we were like, oh, 14 seconds to Russell. He's, he's closing in a little bit here. Of course, the, the performance is flattered slightly by the amount of DNFs, but 17 seconds off, off a point, I can't give him any lower than a six. I can. I've gone for a five out of 10 for Logan Sargent. Yeah, um, yeah like you say, he finished 11th, which seems good on paper, but then he's actually finished ahead of one car <laughs> uh, on the road. Um his sprint wasn't great at all, uh, and I think maybe I'm a little bit more harsh just because... Actually, st- two, Tommy, just want to say, two, Oscar and Daniel, you know? No, I was, sorry, I was thinking, well, I wasn't even oh, counting them, I was counting uh, the Haas, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the the fact that for me with Logan, it's obviously great that he's now you know we've gone a few races where he's not made silly errors uh, because that was the thing we were saying that that was really affecting him. But I thought there'd be some kind of improvement now in terms of pace. You know, he's still four tenths off Albon in qualifying um, and getting whitewashed by him. And he's not, you know, we're quite a way into the season now and you think there'd be some improvement on pace rather than his only improvement being that he's not crashing in every race or making making mistakes. So, yeah, I think he's still um, still a bit of work to do, which is why I imagine they're not... Uh, confirming him and still umming and ahhing about that decision, which kind of feels weird to say because it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's still one place on the grid, but of course he's still not confirmed yet. You would think that you know by this point they would have made some sort of decision, like you know we've only got a couple of races to go, Vegas and, and Abu Dhabi. What what are Williams waiting for? Are they waiting for Logan Sargent, the beast, to be awoken, the ancient one, or whatever that meme is, and uh, <laughs> and to you know, really sort of put in a, an amazing performance and then and then they go, yeah, okay, cool, there's your contract, Logan. But until then, you're not getting it. It does feel like they could even drag this on into the off-season. It genuinely yeah, feels like great. Uh, Williams... But then Williams have that luxury, I suppose. Well, it's not really a luxury, but they have that. It's not like Logan will go, we'll make a decision or I'll go elsewhere. Like he's very much hamstrung into Williams or nothing. So uh, Williams are taking their time and uh, we'll see what they decide. Alex Albon started the sprint in 19th, finished 15th, started the race in 13th and did not finish. Gone for a 6 out of 10 for Alex Albon. Uh, probably one of his worst weekends. Of course, he was unlucky to be involved in that that crash, which was uh, very much a racing incident. Uh, we've seen it a lot in the midfield this year where three very wide, uh, what they are now, Formula 1 cars on a thin old school track trying to go into Turn 1. Uh ends up in a in a crash um but the reason uh i think you know the sprint it wasn't wasn't ideal the fact that uh his qualifying wasn't great and then of course in the main qualifying as well another track limits thing like how many more of them is he is he going to get um so in a great in a great season that albums had i think this is one of his weaker uh weaker weekends weaker weekends Write that one down. Uh, I've gone for a six out of 10 as well for Alex. I was dilly-dallying between a five and a six um, because it's very difficult to, to really judge uh, a race that he hasn't taken part in. Um, but putting four tenths on your teammate, he was incredibly lucky to be involved in that crash. Uh, so I feel like we have to put a little bit of a nod uh, to the fact that you know, he was still doing a lot better in that car than, than Logan was. Um, but yeah, uh, very difficult to, to really judge past that um, because the sprint's just that, the sprint, it's it's not... Not too much, but starting 19th did not help his uh, his fortunes in that race either. Danny Ricardo started the sprint in 8th, finished 9th, started the race in 17th, finished 13th. Oh, this is so difficult to grade. Uh, sure but I've is. gone for a 6 out of 10 for Daniel. Um, I don't know why him and Oscar were a lap down. I still don't understand it. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get it. it. It makes absolutely no sense to me, why they were a lap down and there was no uh, effort from the FIA to make that change or to, you know, to enable them to unlap themselves because they were incredibly unlucky. The red flag was flown and for whatever quirk in the rule book, that was, that was it. Their whole race was done at the beginning. They were praying for a safety car. It never came. Um, but 
from what you could see, Daniel seemed like he had good pace. And it's weird to think that, yeah, he, he, he was literally just racing against Piastri. It was, it was like Formula 1.5, quite literally, where it was a two-car two race against Piastri. Difficult to obviously judge because Piastri had damage and also was being a bit of a, a scapegoat for... A scapegoat? Uh, is that Guinea pig. Guinea pig, that's the one, not a scapegoat. I knew it was some <laughs> sort of animal. Um, yeah, so guinea pig for, for, for Norris. But yeah, I, I'm going to give him a 6 out of 10 because he had a very solid uh, qualifying in, uh, for the sprint and um, and just missed out on a point there. So I'm going to give him a 6. I've also gone for a 6 out of 10 for Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, extremely unlucky because his pace was actually good. You know, he's running behind Yuki at one point uh, and they looked similar on pace. So you've got to think that if he'd have been allowed to to race uh and not had that contact he might have gone through the field uh as well uh that yuki did uh, which we'll never know um i guess the reason it's not a seven or anything for me is i do think the sprint uh he maybe lacked a bit of uh something that i think in his heyday and maybe will come with with more experience because he's still obviously just come back it's maybe lacked a bit of the the race craft which is normally his strong point and i know he was very frustrated on the radio and in in, in interviews talking about oh the drs is a joke because i just got repassed but it's like well try something different then um you know because you keep getting repassed by science maybe wait and then try and go into turn four or something so um which we saw other drivers do so i think it was a missed opportunity to Maybe he could have got a point in the the sprint as well, but God, it does feel like a what might have been weekend for Ricardo as well because they did actually have some very good pace, and if Ricardo was in the mix as well, and they didn't have uh, the problems, they could have they could be right up there with Williams now in the constructors. Certainly could. It feels almost like a little bit of a missed opportunity for for Daniel Ricciardo, and maybe could have picked up a point or two in the sprint. And of course, the race, you know, incredibly unlucky with the the stray wheel that just smashed his rear wing off. Um, but yeah, it's still reasonably promising moving forward. Yuki Tsunoda started the sprint in sixth, finished sixth. Started the race in sixteenth, finished ninth. Gone for a nine out of ten for Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, I think it was a brilliant. Uh, brilliant set of results really you know massive for a team like AlphaTauri that haven't scored many points um the main race the reason it's not a 10 for me is because he didn't qualify great but he came through the field and did a good job and his sprint in particular was absolutely superb I mean an AlphaTauri to start sixth and finish sixth I thought he'd fall back through the field but he was of course you know had the luxury of using that new soft tire but he was mixing up with the Ferraris and the, the Mercedes, which was very impressive. So uh, a very, very good drive from Yuki. And like I said earlier, like Alpha Tari, they're, they're coming for Williams. They certainly are. That is the fight that we'll see the graphic for. The the fight for... Yes. P- <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. As at the start of the season. Oh, I hope we get a three-way team fight for the Drivers' Championship as at the end of the battle for seventh in the Constructors. Hey, it's still a battle with P2, <laughs> Ferrari and Kamen. Uh, I've gone for a 9 out of 10 for Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, I thought it was a sensational weekend for him. There were a few mistakes in there. Of course, you know, knocked out in Q1 um, in uh, for, on Friday. Uh, he, of course, had a great sprint qualifying, a great sprint race. He made a mistake in the race as well, which gave... Uh, Position to Bottas, lost about five seconds, I think, uh, with that. And that actually might have been the difference between him fighting Hamilton at the end 
um, had he not made that made that mistake. So, um, you know, ifs, buts and maybes, but I can't give a 10 uh, due to those little small, small errors. But a nine still a fantastic job. And you can, can be very, very proud of himself. And yeah, Alpha Tauri have, have mounted an absolutely unseen, unheard, unpredicted uh, comeback in the uh, in the Constructors' Championship. So well done to them. Nico Hulkenberg started the sprint in 12th, finished 18th, started the race in 11th, finished 12th. I've gone for a 6 out of 10 for Nico Hulkenberg. Haas, I mean, it's, it's Control-C, Control-V, copy and paste. That Haas, oh my God, like, what are they doing? They're 10th in the Constructors. They have no race pace. Their their new car hasn't hasn't done anything, really. It hasn't done, had that leap forward that we were all sort of hoping for for, for their sake. The strategy for Nico was soft, medium, soft, 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 which is uh, an interesting um, strategy. But the soft tyres obviously were were the thing that all the teams were wanting to to be on at, at all times, which is something we didn't really haven't really seen that often this year. Um, his qualifying was great, as it always is. You know, pretty much utilising most of of what that has can can offer. Um, did get a bit of sandwich, to be fair. Did uh, get a bit of sandwich, did get a bit of damage after being sandwiched. He was sandwiched, yeah. Um, yes, um, it wasn't his fault. I, you know, I, If we're going to apportion blame, it was his teammate that sort of caused it a little bit, but it was more unlucky than anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I, I'd love to give him more than a six because I'm sure he's driving a great race. <laughs> yeah, I've also gone for a six out of ten. Has are just so frustrating. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they're a, they're a racing team, and and that's why they're there. But it really does feel like why why do they even bother at the moment? Because you know they're they're finishing. You mentioned it earlier about about this, but in my in my opinion, I'm almost like counting Oscar Piastri and Ricardo in their own separate race. Uh, so I'm calling it like last on the road for for Hulkenberg uh, in a race of uh you know attrition still not getting a point they're just absolutely awful and hulkenberg can do whatever he likes in qualifying uh do amazing things but he's just going to be absolutely nowhere in the race and that's exactly what happened again so six out of ten kevin magnuson started the sprint in 11th finished 16th started the race in 12th did not finish gone for a five out of ten for k mag just one lower than his uh teammate uh i do think it was a racing incident if i had to blame anyone like you say i think it is uh magnuson for moving over um but it wasn't it wasn't the usual kind of moving over craziness where he's made a huge move um he maybe should have just been a little bit more aware that there's people uh, you know to the to the side of him uh, in his mirrors but it's not it's not absolutely awful um so it's quite hard to to judge him, really. So I've gone for a five out of ten, the the old classic has score of what are they even doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> quite literally. Uh, I've gone for a five out of ten as well for, for K Mag, just a little bit worse than than Hulk over the parts that we saw. Um but yeah, it I mean he did technically beat him in the sprint, but I mean sixteenth over eighteenth, uh, it's not really um too much to 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 really write home about and then not being able to take part in the race, it's uh, it's difficult. And yeah, I think if we are going to apportion a slight tiny bit of blame, it will be to K-Mag, but very much a, a racing incident. So yeah, five out of 10 for me. Lance Stroll out, started the sprint in 17th, finished 12th, started the race in third, finished fifth. I have gone for a whopping nine out of 10 for Lance Stroll this weekend. Uh, 
look, the sprint, whatever, not great. But he did a fantastic job in qualifying uh, on Friday for, for the Sunday race. And to finish fifth, to not be that far off Alonso either, I think is... And I'm taking a little bit into consideration here of Lance Stroll's previous performances. It's not just a flat-out one specific moment in time. For me, anyway, this is how I grade. Um, And he's been on a horrendous run of form. And to secure fifth place, for Aston Martin to, to leap back the way they have... I've been incredibly impressed with with Lance Stroll as well. And and you can't take that away from him. Alonso did Alonso things. I'm sure he'll get a 15 out of 10. But Lance deserves a 9 this weekend. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for Lance Stroll. Uh, I was so borderline between an 8 and a 9. The reason I've gone for an 8 is because we saw uh, essentially the race where he was maybe even his best performance of the season. And then the sprint was very much the old Stroll where... He's getting knocked out uh, in the first part of qualifying. Yeah, he came through through the pack and did all right, but there was maybe another opportunity uh, given what pace we saw that they could have got points. And I don't really know why he was uh, <laughs> 17th, but his qualifying was was brilliant uh, to be third and then obviously dropped, dropped behind Fernando at the start. Uh, and in that little battle of Alonso and Perez, he, he caught them back up and not very far behind Alonso which is exactly what he should be doing uh you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be slandering him if he was behind Fernando Alonso particularly me who thinks he's you know the goat but um it's 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 exactly what he should be doing so I'm glad he's kind of turned that turned that around and uh it's a good performance from Stroll yeah very good well done Lance Fernando Alonso started the sprint in 15th finished 11th started the race in fourth finished third You'll be amazed. I've gone for a 10 out of 10 for Fernando Alonso. Um, the sprint, he was unlucky with the Ocon crash and may have ended up with more points had he have been able to actually take part in that because he did come through the field and um, was making moves in that, which was quite nice. Um, maybe we'll get into it with the Ocon thing, but I personally don't think Alonso was to blame for that, uh, despite some people taking a screenshot of Alonso turning left and trying to explain the entire uh, move on a screenshot, which is always a bad, <laughs> a bad take in it's, my it's opinion. It's similar to a screenshot of where, like, <clears throat> um, I, I can't remember if it's like Ferrari or Mercedes or whatever. Like, people have screenshotted, say, a driver turning left, the wheels going straight, and then the, the going, yeah, they're like, the why is this happening? Him. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't just take a screenshot and go, this is this is factual evidence. It's like Alonso is moving over quickly to get on the other side of the grid because someone else was coming behind him and that's why he was doing that um but let's talk about his amazing race again because i'll never get sick of it um just amazing uh i think the best bit about it was normally in the older age of of drivers um they still have those fundamental bits there but maybe lose certain aspects but i think we saw the fact that alonso is still good in a pretty much every area um it wasn't just is that the the superlative you're going to use for fernando alonso (laughs) goated in every area um yeah uh the fact that you know it still might even be a 10 or an or maybe a nine if he'd just done the defensive driving but the fact that he then also went on the attack and showed how good his racecraft is still um catching Hamilton napping at the start, little moments like that just shows that he can still absolutely mix it with the very best, despite 
being 42, um, the man just is driving like he's in his peak still. It's absolutely insane. Uh, and it was just superb. So good. I have also gone for a 10 out of 10 for Fernando Alonso. No surprises there if I've given Lance a nine. Um, so unbelievably impressed. It, I mean, it, it could have... I mean, just the defensive driving at the end was something that everybody that wants to be a, a, a Formula One driver or a, a karting or whatever just needed to write down, just take notes. The master was in session. It's like It's like when a coach is teaching you something in sport or whatever, and then they start doing it, and you're like, wow, that's how it's done. That was literally <laughs> Fernando Alonso. Yeah. My God, it just makes me smile thinking about how he kept Perez at bay. And then to get him back on the last lap was just uh, icing on the cake. Uh, it was incredible to watch. Um, and yeah, to get a podium after what Aston Martin have been doing for the last how many races trying to upgrade their car and it's actually been a downgrade. Uh, they went they went backwards and it actually went forwards in terms of you know what they've been doing with the car uh, for, for, for the Brazilian Grand Prix weekend. And yeah, I'm so happy to see him right back where he belongs because that's where we want to see him. That's where we want... To, to be able to witness Alonso doing these things. Because when he's in the midfield, he might still be doing these things, but we don't get to see it as much because we don't see it on the cameras. So well done, Fernando. Amazing, amazing performance. And hopefully they're back for the next two Grand Prix as well. Valtteri Bottas now started the sprint at 14th, finished 19th and started the race in 18th and did not finish. I mean, he flexed on his teammate quite aggressively in qualifying, but, I mean, that was um, 18th over 20th. I've gone for a, a 5 out of 10 for, for Valtteri. It's, it's, it's a difficult weekend. Of course, DNFing at the end. He was running in 12th um, before having that, that problem, which I'm not actually sure if it was ever said what that was. Um, a, a poor weekend for Alfa Romeo as a whole. And, um, yeah, 5 out of 10. It's oh, just, my goodness me, I, I just want them to do better, oh, especially with the other side of the garage with Joe Guan Yu. Like, he's got a lot of potential, but Alfa Romeo just seemed to turn up once in every blue moon. Um, so, yeah, five out of ten for Valtteri. I've gone for a, oh, I nearly was going to give him a seven, but I don't know if that's too high. He's seven? So, well, he's, he's, put a lot of, he's put a lot on his teammate. And then he was going to potentially get in the points. Um, let me just check why I've given another driver who was in the mix. No, it's a six. <laughs> um, I, was, I was looking compared to that and then was like, no, actually. Um, yeah, six out of ten for Bottas. He may have got a point uh, if it wasn't for the technical problem. But then, of course, there's not been many finishes. Uh, I do think it is a case of... Uh, I, I, I do think it's very similar to Haas in the sense that, like, you never know, like a like a Hulkenberg would be giving six all the time and whatever and being like, oh, this could be an amazing drive, but we'll never know. Like they have fallen off so badly uh, and they do look genuinely like a not even midfield now, just a back marker um, for them to yeah be qualifying 18th uh, is so bad, but obviously put quite a, a bit on his teammate. So uh, for that, it's a six out of 10. Okay, Shogun Yu. Started the sprint in 18th, finished 17th, started the race in 20th, did not finish. I've gone for a four out of 10 for Zhou Guan Yu. Um, I think, yeah, his qualifying has been really poor recently, and that's what I think's let him down the most. Um, you know, to be that far behind Bottas, uh, who we could say is maybe in the twilight of his career. Uh, and then, yeah, that, it's so hard to, to know with Alfa Romeo, but I just... After some kind of 
there was moments where Zhou Guanyu was starting to sort of show glimpses of something really good. And it almost feels like since they signed him again, he's kind of just not not really shown that spark uh, again. It's a sign of curse, isn't it? Yeah, maybe it is. Um, but yeah, he shouldn't really be qualifying uh, dead last uh, in an Alfa Romeo. I know it's bad, but um, it's not not a great look. So gone for a four. I've also gone for a four out of ten for Zhou Guanyu. Um, yeah, what, what more is there to say? You know, qualifying dead last is is not what you want to be doing. And, and you make a very good point, Tommy, about the Bottas and Twilight of his career because, you know, we, we, we would have con- compared a few years ago, say, Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi. It's a very similar sort of comparison to be made. I'm not saying Bottas is some sort of old age, old age pensioner, but he is much further into his career. And as a young driver like Zhou Guanyu, he needs to be beating Bottas every single race weekend, I would say, if we if he's going to start to be called up for the bigger teams, which is, of course, what all drivers dream of. Um, but I, I, I'm not particularly impressed by, by Zhou Guanyu's uh, performance this weekend and Alfa Romeo in general. Um, very, very difficult to, to judge. But yeah, I'm going to uh, lock in a four. Oscar Piastri started the sprint in 10th, finished 10th, started the race in 10th, finished 14th. Oh, Oscar, what's going on? Now, I've gone for a five out of 10 for Oscar this weekend. Um, difficult, of course, qualifying on Friday because of the, the the mistake he made. Difficult track conditions, very easy to make that mistake. But of course, that drops him down to 10th. So makes him a, a bit of a, a target when it comes to chaos on Sunday, which is what we saw. Um, and then in the sprint as well. You know, he, he qualified 10th and Lando's on pole. And that's a, a massive, massive difference. You know, three tenths of a second, you might think, ah, oh, it's not too bad, but it's Brazil. We've made this point before. It's it's actually a, a larger deficit in terms of impact. Three tenths is, is big uh, around Brazil. And it just kind of put him on the back foot. You know, if if he hadn't met, I mean, McLaren, of course, made that mistake anyway of, uh, of, of not sending him out earlier. And also, I guess, uh, you know, there, there were other teams that made that mistake as well. Perez being being another one. But I saw that Perez was actually still on for third place um, in the in that qualifying session, had it not been that yellow flag that Oscar Piastri had, had caused. So there was still grip out there. And Oscar obviously made that mistake and then stuck a lap down, which I still don't agree with. I think it's a load of absolute BS um, that those two were, were, were left stranded um, doing nothing for the whole race. And uh, yeah, had damage for the whole of it. Five out of ten. I can't. I can't say it was any better than that as a weekend. Yeah, I've gone for a six out of ten for Oscar Piastri. I think he's, of course, very unlucky at the start. But where, yeah, where has that pace gone? Uh, maybe it's just the expectation is too much. You know, the fact that because his highs have been so good in in places like Qatar, um, you know, maybe. Maybe if he'd been like this all season, we'd have been going, oh, he's actually doing pretty well for a rookie. But the fact that he went through that little stage where there was so much hype around him, he was beating Lando occasionally in qualifying, and then he had that amazing thing in Qatar, and it's like, Oscar Piastri has arrived. Here he is. And then ever since then, yeah, his his pace has kind of dropped off a bit. Uh, Lando's gone up another gear, and Oscar seems to have been left behind a little bit. So... Uh, of course, he was, you know, a guinea pig in the race, but uh, I really, really hope we get to see that Piastri pace again because it's been missing for the last few races. Bit of alliteration. Enjoyed that, Tommy. Piastri pace. Keep it up. I know you love it. Uh, 
Lando Norris started the sprint in first, finished second, started the race in sixth, finished second. I have gone for a big fat whopping 10 out of 10 for Lando Norris because, well, his sprint was sensational, did the best he could, of course, getting on pole. Maybe could have challenged Max at the start, but then with Max's pace, you got to think that he was never going to beat him anyway. And then, of course, the race, he'd have, he was first in Q1, I believe, and Q2, uh, and was looking set to challenge for pole. And then it's McLaren's blunder that's uh, kind of made him start way down the order. And then he's literally made up for the blunder in like a split second with a brilliant, like an incredibly brave but calculated move to get into second place from six on the grid. I know, of course, um, Charles Leclerc was missing, so he had that gap to go into, but it's still... Was he? Oh, was Charles Leclerc taking part in the race? <laughs> Just thought I'd remind you of that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, and even challenge Max at one point. Uh, yes, it was for, for one lap, but Lando is driving absolutely superbly at the moment. Um, it's hard. It, it, the, the start of the season, we of course mentioned that you know Verstappen, Hamilton, and Alonso were like the three stars of this season, and uh, Norris is definitely like in that in that chat now because of how how well he's been doing. So, yeah, ten out of ten for Lando. So 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 good. I've also gone for a 10 out of 10 for Lando Norris. What a, an amazing weekend uh, he had and, and showing that there is still very much innate raw speed in that McLaren and uh, with the Lando Norris combination in particular. Uh, an amazing start, as you say, just to, to make up the, the problem that McLaren caused him in one corner uh, is unbelievable. And, you know, I was looking at the, the data and the fact that he started on scrubbed or used set of soft tyres to some degree um, in that first start, managed to gain four positions, and you're thinking, okay, cool, and then started on fresh softs for the restart and had a worse start than when he... It was, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's physics to, to explain that. So maybe, just maybe, Charles Leclerc couldn't have got Max Verstappen into Turn 1 because Lando had a bit more of a, a poor start and was having to defend from Hamilton. But overall, to, to, to grab the sprint pole and then sat there going, Why?! It just shows he could have got a double pole this this weekend, uh, just gone. And maybe he could have maybe fought Max Verstappen had he had track position because it wasn't a massive pace difference between the two of them. If Max is behind, at least we're going to get maybe some sort of fight. We saw with Alonso. Alonso had a lot less speed than Perez and he managed to somehow keep him at bay, although I'm sure keeping Max Verstappen at bay is, is a much more <laughs> yeah. difficult prospect. But still, Lando, it's a 10 out of 10 um, and uh, very, very impressive once again. Pierre Gasly started the sprint in 13th, finished 13th, started the race in 15th, finished 7th. Pierre Gasly, like, just a, Where just has a he come quiet from? little worldie uh, that he's had. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 uh, for Pierre Gasly. Um, you know, he, out-qualified, uh, he was out-qualified by his teammate, um, to, to start 13th for, for the main race, uh, sorry, for the sprint race, uh, and then in the main race started 15th. Um, oh, no, he qualified 13th, then got a two-place grid penalty. Sorry, that that was uh, for his impeding uh, in Friday qualifying. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he managed to gain a few positions at the restart. Um, he was looking aggressive, like catching Hamilton, passing him. We're like, what world are we in? You know, using those fresh softs to, to his advantage in that final stint to... Uh, to pass Hamilton and, and score some solid points for Alpine. And 
realistically, a, a better weekend than than his teammate Ocon had, especially after what happened uh, to Ocon in that in that sprint qualifying uh, as well. But it just seems like it's chopping and changing between Ocon and Gasly. It's like one weekend Ocon has a good weekend, then the other weekend Gasly, and I'd say that they're, they're quite finely matched in a lot of ways this these two and as a teammate pairing and you have to say it's quite impressive from Gasly seeing as he's the newbie to the team yeah I've gone for a nine out of ten for for Gasly I think he's quietly becoming maybe the most under underrated driver of the year potentially uh in terms of just he's it's not really spoken about that this is maybe what the third or fourth race where he's put the Alpine into a really good position um and uh yeah it was another another very good drive uh, particularly compared to his teammate that wasn't having the best of times and uh yeah he finished half a minute clear of Ocon in the end I know Ocon was on a different strategy of course but um yeah very very good from from Gasly and he's uh certainly making well it was mine and yours prediction of uh, biggest flop of the year uh look very very washed because he's he's done a, a very good uh, and quiet job of of uh of that and i think he looks like he's going to finish uh ahead of ocon in the championship as well to clarify our biggest flop of the year was at the start of the year and we it wasn't due to his skill or his innate talent it was we vibes really brother vibes and also the fact that we thought he might struggle uh, getting up to speed with alpine versus ocon that was potentially his arch nemesis um but yes he's done a very very good job Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Esteban Ocon now started the sprint in 16th, finished 14th, started the race in 14th, finished 10th. I've gone for a 5 out of 10 for Esteban Ocon. Uh, I think he had a bit of a, a messy weekend. Uh, the main race, of course, he's finished, uh, like I said, half a minute behind uh, his teammate Gasly. Uh, and he's got a point, but of course, <laughs> it's a point where only 12 cars finished on the lead lap. Uh, and the cars behind him is Logan Sargent and a house, so uh makes it seem a little less impressive. And then of course the crash with Alonso. This this doesn't affect his grade at all, but his comments afterwards and stuff, uh, I felt personally like didn't put him in the best light and maybe uh needs to kind of own up to just an error a little bit more. And I don't think he was flat out going, well, it was all Fernando's fault, but he just, you know, he got roasted quite a lot online. Yeah. Um, I saw <laughs> I saw actually in the the Instagram comments, uh, 
people were like, I think Jensen Button was piping in going like, how is this Fernando's fault in any way? Uh, and then Ocon made a comment about how his lap was looking really good. And Alexander Rossi commented saying, your lap was looking really good. It was turn two. You had the crash. So like he's done one corner and been like, well, I was on a really good lap and then uh, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> so yeah, he just needs to maybe own his mistakes a little bit, a little bit more. But yeah, not, not a great weekend for Ocon compared to Gasly in particular. I've also gone for a 5 out of 10 for Esteban Ocon. Um, did score a point, as you say, bit, well, very much flattered by the fact that it was a race of attrition. Um, just a, yeah, a poor weekend overall, as you say. that The comments that he made, you just you just say, look, yeah, I think the thing is, he just kind of said, well, I didn't really lose the car. You know, everyone's losing the car there. So, you know, it, 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 it was just because if Fernando wasn't there, we wouldn't have crashed. But you could also argue, well, if you didn't have a swapper, you also wouldn't have crashed. And yes, Alonso did veer slightly over to the left, but Alonso's also not expecting him to be sideways That's coming out. no of logic. It's yeah. literally like uh, Roman Grosjean at Spa 2012 being like, well, if all the drivers went in front of me, I wouldn't have crashed yeah. because that huge yeah. crash because I would have just gone on the runoff. Yes, yeah. It, it wasn't his, his finest hour for Esteban because, I mean, what's he got to gain to be kind of saying that he didn't lose the car and, and this, that, and the other. Like, you just got to put your, your hands up and, and say, yeah, it was a racing incident, just unfortunate. I lost the car a little bit. Alonso was there, boom, that's it. You know, I saw the amount of memes of, you know, that typical golden retriever that, or whatever dog it is looking into the corner of the room and then it just says, he thinks we can't see him when it's uh, talking about, <laughs> like, uh, Ocon uh, and the fact that he didn't lose the car and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, I, I wasn't a massive fan of, of how he did that, but, hey, he uh, still managed to score a point, even if uh, his performance wasn't great over the course of the weekend. Lewis Hamilton started the sprint in fifth, finished seventh, started the race in fifth, finished eighth. I have gone for a six out of ten for Lewis Hamilton for this weekend. Um, I mean, one of the worst weekends Mercedes as a team have had uh, for quite some time. They just got it plain and simply wrong because both him and Russell were were, were str- struggling, suffering with tyre wear, slow on the straights. Almost everything you don't want around Brazil, uh, they they had. Uh, they 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 got their estimations wrong. Um, it wasn't it wasn't like it was bad driving from Hamilton. I was a bit critical, I'd say, for leaving the door open for Alonso. Not that he would have been able to keep Fernando at bay anyway, but he doesn't know at that point. I think leaving that car's width on the inside was was a bit of a mistake for for Hamilton as well. Uh, and then, yeah, he was very much looking in his mirrors the entire time, the entire weekend, both in the sprint where we thought, oh, well, you know, yeah, they were forced into a strategy they didn't really want. But then actually it turned out to be a strategy of 24, 25 laps on the softs that <laughs> translated into the race as well because the soft tyres were were the best thing for, for most of the teams. So he was saying he wanted hard tyres, which I think he would have regretted massively. Um, but yeah, six out of 10, uh, it's, it's one of those, that I think, None of us expected Hamilton to have that kind of weekend at Brazil, especially. No, definitely not. Uh, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I think he's done a decent enough job uh, to get some points when considering how bad that car, <laughs> how, how bad that car was. And I think it is yeah down to set up. And of course, you know, you can argue that. Um, the drivers contribute to that setup in that in that practice session, but it's quite clear that the the Mercedes was just very very uh, washed. But still had moments where, yeah, maybe his uh, we saw kind of the best and worst of uh, Hamilton really of like 
like you say, like leaving the door open for Alonso, but then he made a brilliant start and then, uh, you know, dropped back in the sprint, but, you know, still, still kind of getting a good amount of points uh, to say that it was quite frankly an atrocious weekend for Mercedes and the car was really bad. Um, to pick up a, a seventh and eighth is actually not all that bad considering how um, horrific it was. Would you say, though, that, again, flattered by race of attrition, if we've been saying it for others? Yes, but I'm not going to give him a, the same grade I gave someone like Daniel Ricciardo or something for, uh, you know, he's, he's still beating his teammate and stuff, so... Fair? All right. Uh, George Russell started the sprint in fourth, finished fourth, started the race in eighth, did not finish. I've gone for a seven out of ten for George as well. Um, it's a lower seven than Hamilton. Uh, I think the reason it is good is because I think his sprint was very good uh, considering and actually like a Uno reverse card of <laughs> what we expected uh, that uh, after Mexico that George would be the one to lose um, time. I think he was unlucky in the main race that he looked like he could potentially have taken the fight to Hamilton. It's obviously very hard to pass. And then I don't think it's a surprise at all that his car just overheated because he was stuck behind Hamilton for so long. And I'm amazed that Mercedes didn't at least try a switch and then maybe switched it back at the end because his pace looked pretty decent. Um, but, yeah. And it might also have helped with overheating issues because that's what... Well, exactly, was, yeah, yeah. He was stuck behind. So, so, in a way, Mercedes have, by not making an assertive decision of just letting George have a go and go past and see if he's better and if not swap him back they've essentially maybe even cost them a dnf and of course them battling meant they lost to science as well and yeah just not not great not great indeed i've also gone for a six out of ten so the same as lewis hamilton uh for me here for, for george russell as well had a, had a great sprint um really showed some some brilliant promise but then in the race obviously it didn't go go his way uh, as much um yeah the the setup again very wrong um of course the drivers have some sort of in, in input to the setup as well it's not like mercedes just go here we go plonk that on the car good luck um so they they both got it wrong in free practice and and george looked great in the sprint of course made up a couple of positions but then obviously fell back with uh with all the problems that that car's been having um but still a very solid solid fourth um but yeah the race didn't look like it was going to go particularly well and uh and then dnf'd uh near the end on, on lap 57. So I'm sure Mercedes will want to delete the Brazilian Grand Prix from their memories. Carlos Sainz started the sprint in ninth, finished eighth, started the race in seventh, finished sixth. I've gone for a seven out of 10 for Carlos Sainz. Um, quite a quiet weekend, I would say. Um, of course, had a, a difficult qualifying, uh, being sent out late and then just slipping and sliding around, uh, which caused for a, quite a difficult race for him as well. Um, yeah, just a few points picked up, came back through, obviously, past both Mercedes, which was lovely to see uh, from my perspective. Uh, of course, you know, keeping the fight in that second place in the constructors going for the next couple of races. And um, yeah, it wasn't like a, a particularly exciting weekend for Carlos Sainz, but I think he executed from the positions he was in uh, to a pretty good standard. Yeah, gone for a seven out of 10 as well. Uh, I think he hit the nail on the head, really. I think Sainz's drive was solid but not spectacular you know he's not he's not challenging Leclerc on on pace but of course he was unlucky as well in in the actual uh qualifying and then he's just picked up 
um, some decent points uh, and not it's not done anything particularly uh, incredible, but uh, I think one of Science's strengths is he has kind of uh, re- recently just kind of done these, even when he's not got the pace, he's had like solid drives where he just picks up what, what the car should be uh, doing and what he can out of the car. So, uh, yeah, good, but not great. Charles Leclerc! <laughs> started the sprint in seventh, finished fifth, started the race in second, did not start! Gone for an eight out of ten for Charles Leclerc. Um, of course, so unlucky, it's a what might have been. Uh, it's, it's very difficult because I think I'd almost want to give him a nine, but then I feel like a nine is too high when he's not done the race. You never know what would happen in the race. Obviously, his sprint was brilliant. Uh, very surprising, actually, how he did manage to hold on and uh, and do well, and tire wear didn't seem to be that much of a problem. Uh, and then, of course, he would have started in second, so you never know. My, I think if I'd, I'd have guessed, I'd say it would have been behind uh, Perez, maybe, um, or even in that fight uh, with, with those two. Uh, but we will never know. So for that reason, I can only grade uh, kind of what he what he's done, which is very good, but not not too high. So I've gone for an eight out of ten. I have also gone for an eight out of ten for Charles Leclerc. Um, I don't even I don't know anymore. I don't understand. I don't I don't get why this guy is so unlucky, uh, and and why you know I know I know why I started supporting him. But it's like the interstellar meme. I'm smashing on the window, trying to tell myself not to pick Ferrari and Charles Leclerc and Michael Schumacher. Maybe well, Michael Schumacher had a good career. Um, but yes, uh, eight out of ten for Charles. Uh, it was a solid enough sprint. Um, but you know they were sacrificing. Ferrari were literally sacrificing the sprint for the race. They they qualified on on used set of soft tires. They were saving everything for the for the push in the race and the race was ended in the barrier on the formation lap for, for Charles Leclerc. That being said, his qualifying was brilliant um, and he was looking like he was going to have a, a very good weekend. And I feel like I can't give him anything lower than an eight, even if, you know, maybe... My, I was going to say my fanboy, fanboyism is showing, but you've given him an eight, so that that sort of locks me in as, as a fair grade. Sergio Perez started the sprint in third, finished third, started the race in ninth, finished fourth. I've gone for a seven out of ten for Sergio Perez... This weekend, I think it was unlucky for him. Again, in qualifying, he was looking like he was pretty good in, on Friday and and he was going to be somewhere towards the front of the field had it not been for Oscar Piastri going off. So that was actually a really impressive lap that Perez was on uh, until that yellow flag because everyone around him was struggling and yet Perez was actually delivering to a level of which we would have all been very, very impressed had he been able to finish that lap. So that put him on the back foot, but he still came through was fighting Alonso would have obviously been, I think an eight had he finished third. Um, but like it was, it was, it was a, a decent ish weekend for Perez. There was, there was glimpses of that old kind of form, especially in qualifying where he's lacked so much. Um, so I'm not going to be too harsh on him uh, this weekend. Uh, so yeah, seven out of 10. Also gone for a seven out of 10. It was a drive and a, and a weekend really where we saw kind of, he should have been Fernando because he's driving a Red Bull. But also, I think he was so much more impressive than he has been. Um, and his pace looked so much better uh, that that this is exactly what he should be doing. I think if, if he'd done this kind of weekend, every Grand Prix, yes, he's finished 
a long way behind Max, who's not even been on the podium. But his qualifying has been decent. Can't really mention his qualifying for the main race because it it was so unlucky. Um, we There would be absolutely no talk of replacing him at all uh, if he was just doing this every single weekend because he doesn't need to be close to Max. Like Max is winning the world title and he's Red Bull's golden boy and they want him to, you know, and and you you have that problem if you have two drivers too close to each other that that they could trip over each other and stuff um but if he was doing these kind of performances every week we i don't think there'd be any talk at all because it's like yeah he's doing a decent job like it's not amazing but he doesn't need to be amazing so um yeah it's a it's a kind of a good a good but not great again i'd say Max Verstappen started the sprint in second, finished first, started the race in first, finished first. It's another 10 out of 10 for Max. Uh, it's hard to really talk about this one because it was him just making it look like very easy. Um, you know, he's not even... We we saw moments, uh, I think, well, we saw one moment where he wasn't in the lead all weekend was him starting second and he just did that Max Verstappen thing of just going a little bit deeper into the apex, just making 100% sure that you're not coming through. And some people don't like that that driving about Max, but it's something he's built up his whole career. And he's now kind of reaping the rewards from it, uh, the fact that drivers almost feel a little bit intimidated by him and, and scared to, to race him sometimes because they know he's going to be super aggressive. And it's sometimes easier just to get out of the way. So um, I'm not. I'm not saying he did anything absolutely outrageous. It's just. It's just. There's always that moment where Max comes up the inside that you probably drivers be a little bit more um, cautious and don't race him as hard um, because they know he's not going to give give you an inch. So yeah, just controlled the race, and I can't believe uh, I can't believe how many races he's won this year. Uh, it's absolutely insane it's at 21 now if you include the sprints as well uh is absolutely bonkers it certainly is i've also gone for a 10 out of 10 for max verstappen 17 wins 21 if you include sprints as you say tommy we are on course if he wins vegas and abu dhabi for him to have had more wins than we've had grand prix weekends which is um an absolutely petrifying stat as we move into next year uh he is I genuinely feel like I say the same thing every single week, but that's because we see the same thing every single week of almost perfection. Um, he All he did, running... like The confidence of the man to literally just run one set of hard tyres in practice for pretty much, I think, the whole practice session and then, then still was able to be just as quick as we ever see him. They they managed to, to nail clearly the setup, unlike teams like Mercedes, uh, if you think back to last year, Red Bull were on the back foot. They weren't quick. And yet with one practice session, they've managed to nail it and get right back to where they belong, which is right at the front of the field. Uh, so you have to commend them for that as well and to and to learn from last year and, and what they made or where they made mistakes. And yeah, as you say, taking the lead into turn one, that's no easy feat. We saw second place on the grid getting pretty poor starts. Lando on the restart didn't get a great um get away and Hamilton was was challenging him to turn one Verstappen nah don't care mate don't care about the fact I'm not on the uh the racing line I'm still going to get a great start I'm going to bleed off the brakes a little bit I'm going to take the lead and then to fend off any sort of challenge after that 
what more can you give than a 10 out of 10? So well done, Max. Congratulations once again. Your 17th victory of the year. Right. Who is our P1? I wonder who our P1 is, because my P1 is Fernando Alonso. Well done, Fernando. I'm getting in before Tommy can start sweating about him a bit more. Um, but yes, Fernando, so, so impressive. Uh, I think a very close second comes Lando Norris. But um, yes, Fernando Alonso for me, just stunning, giving us memories as Formula One fans that we all love to have. And we will look back on that Grand Prix fondly as to the old master teaching the young'uns how to do it. You need to unmute yourself, sir, if you want to talk to me about your um, your 10 out of 10 P1. I think it's the universe basically being just shut up about Alonso. We've already heard it. Yeah, um, I, I it was actually <laughs> muted you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, it's very close between Lando and um, Fernando. Lando and Fernando. Um, but I've gone for Fernando Alonso because just, yeah, the driving. Like, I've said everything I need to say, really. Just the fact that he showed it all really um with the with the racecraft and the defensive driving and the fact that he's just such a he's not only got amazing pace he's just got one of if not the best racing brain out there to do things you know we've mentioned other drivers maybe in in DRS not not working out maybe doing the same thing over and over again or 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 things like that uh, or I need to cover here. Like he's always thinking. He's like, well, I'm going to run wide here, so I get a slingshot, and then oh, I'm going to dummy into turn one, so Perez takes the inside line, so I can cut back. And it's moments like that 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 just just show that uh, he's still got it. And uh, yeah, it's lovely to see because I've missed he's it. He's still got it. Yeah, you've missed it. I've missed it. Fernando Alonso at the front of the field is where he belongs, and we need it more for the next few seasons, please. And that is it. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to this very long F1 driver ratings uh, for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We also need to let you know uh, before we go that our second P1 live show date has sold out. London has gone. The only date left now is Manchester on the 3rd of December. So if you want to come along and see me and Tommy in the flesh talking Formula One waffle then get your tickets because they are going. We were, we did tell you, all right? We told you. We did. Uh, you can't say, because I've had, already had messages going, oh, oh, God, I really wanted to come to Glasgow. I'm like, well, why don't you get a ticket then? But anyway, we'll, of course, do more P1 live shows in the future. But as of right now, if you want to come to Manchester, please do. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, I hate you for um stealing my final thoughts because they were <laughs> that was exactly what i was gonna say so i have to come up with something else now um and it is that i haven't processed that we'll we'll be flying to america this week um and the unorganized person that i am uh hasn't my brain hasn't processed that i actually need to think about it and get ready and pack and do all, all, all that good stuff but yeah super exciting the fact there's a new track as well doesn't feel real because i can't visualize it like we have no idea what it's going to look like um and yeah super exciting 
Well, we do know kind of what it's going to look like. Because <laughs> the F1 game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, it's going to be very, very exciting. And uh, yeah, we've got lots of cool stuff coming out on our socials when we go out to, uh, to America. We've got an amazing road trip uh, going on with PokerStars, which, my God, like I literally cannot believe it's going to happen. So stay tuned to that. Stay tuned to the P1 socials, to mine and Tommy's socials as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you very soon. Thank you, everybody. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Brazilian wig. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed the innings. We will Goodbye. remember you. We will remember the Brazilian wig to go I in the I hope you've got a yeah. eagle hat and cape for an the next US race, yeah? yeah. yeah. For, yeah. To support yeah, Logie. Good stuff. Come on, Logie. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.